1: Welcome to episode 65 of the Washed Up Emo podcast. I am Tom Mullen from washedupemo.com. This episode, we welcome Jeff from Orchid. Who is Orchid, you might be asking? They are a pioneering screamo band from Massachusetts. Uh, Friends of Washed Up Emo connected us to Jeff, who works at UCB Theater here in New York City, teaching improv. Lesson, being a hugely influential screamo band, does not pay the bills. Uh, Note to listeners: We used a new audio recording system with a few hiccups, and you'll hear some noise from a UCB class. Apologies, and it's been fixed. Finally, thanks for listening to the podcast and leaving reviews. It absolutely means the world to me. So here it is, episode sixty-five, with Jeff from Orchid here on Washed Up Email. Uh, Where where, where in Connecticut?
2: Cheshire, Connecticut, uh, which is near New Haven. Ah. Um, Cheshire, yeah, it's mostly now known for uh cheshire is the home of james vanderbeek from dawson's creek uh the home of Horshack from welcome back cotter uh the home of legs mcneil who came up with the term punk uh Ah. he was from cheshire originally uh me and the singer of orchid uh and then uh but now cheshire is mostly known for uh the cheshire murders there's a documentary on HBO about the Cheshire murders. Oh, I've not seen that. It was just this uh, the the it was just basically a home invasion case. Cheshire is like a nice town, but also has two prisons, and so these prisoners escaped. Wow! Went to like a house near my friend's house and like kind of uh, home, did a home invasion and made them take money. out. was a horrific scene. Wow. So that's what Cheshire now is if people know Cheshire a lot of times they'll just be like, oh, the Cheshire murders that. <laughs> it's like, no, we also have James Randerbeek, which is not a great one. Uh but yeah, it's just uh it's a small town uh and outside what, New Haven.
1: Where you was it um was music something that you knew like early on? Was it I'm like, oh wow, I like this type of thing or was it I don't know. Was he for, did an older brother give you a record or yeah, something? Yeah, no, for me, I mean, uh, he my brother had Records
2: And there was always music in the house, like we always listened to 99 Rock WPLR, which is the classic rock station. Um, but because of that, I didn't like classic rock for a very long time. Um, uh, I, I Honestly, I do think a, a lot, like the punk just came from me. I just kind of, uh, I didn't like music for a very long time until junior high. And then junior high, for some reason, me and the singer of Orchids and my other friend Jesse found P- Primus. And that was the entry point.
1: Primus was the... I only liked Weird Al before that. And then Primus was the only thing I liked. That's so funny. I was a huge Weird Al fan. And Primus, my first band, covered Too Many Puppies. Perfect. Perfect song <laughs> to cover. <laughs> uh, it's easy. <laughs> yeah.
2: But I was obsessed with Primus. And they were, like, for, like, a very brief period. That hit right in being able to see L- them at Laopalooza in 93. And them at Woodstock 94. Yes. Uh, but... Um, Yeah, and then I just like all of a sudden that just like, you know, Headbangers Ball and 120 minutes to an extent kind of set me off down a path uh, to get into. And, you know, then BMG, honestly, in Columbia House helped out a lot because you're able to get 12 for a penny. Yeah. Uh, So I would just get things to try and some things that I love, like Jesus Lizard, I just could not get into at the time. But then like, you know, slowly I just kind of started like delving into, you know, punk a little and then industrial a lot. Uh, And then uh, Hardcore honestly came from uh, Quicksands and Rage Against the Machine. Uh, Mostly of that, like, I liked the first Rage record. And then I found an article where they mentioned this band Inside Out. And I was was like, oh, Inside Out's the best. (laughs) And then my first Hardcore band covered an Inside Out song. And then Quicksand was a huge one because one article, I will say my Aunt Nancy, uh, she was like a hair metal fan so that helped a lot like she was like had ricky rackman's demo uh from the cat house so she had all these old rips and she kind of awesome she kind of got out of metal a bit but she would take out all the articles and she gave them all to me of any band she knew i vaguely liked so a quicksand article listed every single band they were in so then that started we had a record store called phoenix records which was connected to a head shop in wallingford connecticut <laughs> and then that head shop slowly closed but we would get everything there And they had, you know, that's where I got uh, Youth of Today, Bold, Beyond, Absolution, like, you know, uh, basically every band that they were in. And they also had quicksand bootlegs from when they played at the Moon, which is an old place. They had, like, you know, I got a Fugazi bootleg there. Like, it's a lot of bootleg tapes. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I think Fugazi and – but quicksand was really the big one. And then once – Hardcore happened. It was just like, that's everything.
1: And then the New Haven scene. Were you going to a lot of shows? Was it local shows? Yeah. Was it seeing the seeing the headliner, but then, oh, that opening band's really cool? That helped, too. I mean, you know, like,
2: uh, the tune-in was the main club that yeah. we went to, and that was in New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, and, you know, and Connecticut is great for hardcore, like, in the grand scheme. I mean, we had you're the in anthrax. Between, we had everything. And, like, Revelation was from there originally. Yeah. So... Uh, But the tune in was the place I went every single weekend. Once I found out about the tune in, I think my first show, my first show at the tune in was the queers headlining with uh, rancid opening and brutally familiar, uh, who are this great. Uh, Connecticut punk band that also like members went on to the Piss Tour, a great fucking band. Um, uh, I can swear, right? Yeah. cool. I uh, just wanted to check. <laughs> uh, it just comes out. <laughs> so yeah, the Tune In was a big place. So and like the Tune In is like we went there every weekend. Like my first couple shows were just like random punk shows and then ska shows because they were all merged together. Yeah, it was all together. Yeah. Uh, but then once hardcore started happening, like that was all I did. Like and and you know my first band show was at the Tune In, but then uh, once you once you know, I think for Connecticut in my mind it was the tune in was New Haven section and then Club one fifty eight was on the other end of Connecticut and Club one fifty eight had the bands that now I would be psyched I saw, like where it would be like Frail played there, just like so this, in theory the smarter bands. We had twenty five to life like every weekend. Like I saw twenty five to life so much and I loved twenty five to life at the time. <laughs> but like and like hate breed was Hey, I mean Jamie ran Jamie was the godfather of Connecticut Hardcore. Like Jamie booked every show outside of the Tune In and he was banned from the Tune In, so they couldn't ever play there. Uh but so then Jamie so once you started going to the tune in, then we you know, Jamie booked at uh the uh the Bristol Bike Exchange, which was his bike skate park where bands would play in a half pipe, uh Max Aluna's, which was just some weird like kind of guido club like where they had shows in the back uh uh, uh there were a bunch of legion halls uh, uh new milford teen center had the first like bolt reunion that i saw wow uh, like and so there were just all these places and then slowly we just kind of did the cycles the sports palace was a huge place in the middle of danbury connecticut that was like an indoor soccer arena but like that's where I played with Earth Crisis. Like, that's where, like, you know, we play, we saw Ignite or whatever. Um, so all these shows were happening. So slowly it just became, like, two or three times a weekend, at least, wow. we were at a show. Um, and then I, you know... And at, that was high school. That was high school. Uh, and, and it was in high school, too, that I kind of, like, started my first band, um, which I had this uh, skinhead friend who was this Colombian kid, but he became a skinhead, like a sharp... <laughs> uh and he i used to like when i was going through puberty my voice was cracking so i could do the hold your ground from the first gorilla biscuits (laughs) and i was angry i mean i was a real depressed and angry kid but i would walk around my high school hallways like screaming hold your ground just because i thought it was funny that my voice cracked and then he was like oh you should sing in a band we should get your friend eric and my buddy eric was who's my best friend was just a dirtbag he was just a metal head uh and then but so i got him into hardcore and then we got his friend nick and then my buddy jesse and then the skinhead friend never showed up to practice he just didn't show up the first time and so we were like screw it we'll just start this band and then we started this band switch stance uh and we played all the connecticut shows like constantly uh for and you were show. playing bass i was playing i was screaming oh you were just uh, yeah i, mean, I was you just no playing- no i wrote a lot of the songs like i would like kind of you know write the beginning riffs uh because i played bass uh but i just was screaming in that band yeah um and then that band became all i ask where we had the singer of orchid j uh who was you know one of my oldest friends uh he joined in on second guitar and that was when we were like oh like you know dead guy and coalesce are the best and we're tired of playing kind of what switch dance and switch dance was like a little bit metal and moshy sort of uh uh, which was right for the time yeah it was perfect for the time uh a lot of splash symbol yeah um <laughs> uh, China if anyone Boy doesn't know what TV.
1: that is yeah. i will <laughs> add a link exactly. to some <laughs> examples
2: <laughs> uh yeah and then we became all i ask and all i ask was more like kind of throw your guitars around and like bleed all over the place and rip off that guy um and then yeah but yeah uh once it was basically like i would go to like punk shows but it was around like sophomore and a junior year where it just became Hardcore, like nonsense. That's all I was. And then I was, and it was also at the time that I discovered straight edge and like, cause I had always been a non-drinker and I always hated people who drank, like, you know, came from a family that had some problems. And, uh, so then all of a sudden I was like, oh, there's this thing that's this that yeah. says what i am like oh i'll do that which then freaked out my stoner friends because they thought i was gonna beat them up and i was like oh, i'm just well, i'm not
1: hardline yeah
2: don't relax man i don't <laughs> even know what hardline is yet like you know <laughs> the earth crisis album i haven't put a name to it yet i think they're a little intense sometimes but i love it and i know every single word um but uh so yeah that was a bit but connecticut was great for growing up and then honestly i picked my College based on, oh, can I get back to Connecticut? <laughs> like, so Where did you I go? Get... Boston University. Oh, yeah. You uh, to get back. Yeah. Because um, we were still kind of doing the band. Uh, and, you know, had to get back for that Earth Crisis show. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> so but, it was really the, like, I mean, I definitely remember those Dead Guy records when Victory, you know, you wanted to get the mm-hmm. Victory magazine. Mm-hmm. And you, like, though I mean, if it was the Snapcase, the Dead Guy, there were these bands that kind of changed how people thought about hardcore. 100%. And that guy, like I think you know, I, I I
2: wasn't Victory. I wasn't an apologist. I just loved it. I loved Victory Records when I was in high school. Yeah, because I loved Mosh. I mean, I came from. I still think Hatebreed an amazing band.
1: I remember uh, moshing with my best friend in his Ford Taurus to that record mm-hmm. continuously. Yeah. So I would get everything. Like, I loved
2: Strife. I, I still love Earth Crisis. Like, I mean, I think yeah. Destroy the Machines is an amazing record, and Firestorm is still a great song. Anyone who thinks different is an idiot. Uh, <laughs> Cast Iron Hike I liked. I never loved Cast Iron Hike. <laughs> How come? But, uh, you know, they, it's just, they actually.
1: Was it the Sing? Was it too, like, yeah, post?
2: The, yeah, it was too post, at the, certainly at the time for me. Uh, I need to... re. I've actually recently was like, oh, I should revisit the Cast Iron Hike LP. I think I was just like, Quicksand's the one I give a pass on. I get but it. But then I didn't like Into Another. I didn't like Cast Iron Hike. Uh, any band that... I didn't like Shift. Uh,
1: <laughs> I was just very much just Shift like... Shift is why I'm st- I'm sitting in the music industry. Oh, really? Yeah, I did their unofficial website for Equal Vision. Oh, wow. Sam, the drummer, found it, became friends with her. She got me my first job. Right. But like... Th- I I thought they were. I guess I liked the singing part, right, and the screaming part equally. So I like loved it when like Shift played with like a hardcore band because I could get like both. Like sure, like, like seeing Split Lip was like my like oh middle man, ground, and I could not stay at Split Lip. <laughs> but like my, I love my, that we have these different. Yeah. channels. But my uh, really good friend Matt yeah. Morhan like
2: loved Split Lip and Chamberlain. <laughs> thought they were just like the band. And I was just like, what? How is this related to hardcore at all? At the same time, like Super Touch, I was like, I think we're all lying to ourselves that Super Touch is a good band. Uh, (laughs) But I still will get into that fight at 37 years old. Uh, But also, like, I think, like, that's why sometimes I'm like, I need to revisit because it's like, you know, I was 17. You know, you decide, like, you also, one, I think everyone who gets into hardcore is just like, this is all I can listen to. So I had to hide other things. Like, it's just like, I still loved Skinny Puppy, but I couldn't talk about, like, Skinny Puppy because I had to wear... Like an Earth Crisis shirt. I had to wear a culture shirt. I had to wear, you know, (laughs) my Billion Hatebreed shirts. Um, But, uh, uh, yeah, it's just, there was something, I think also, like, it was part of, uh, Cast Iron Hike, I lumped into this kind of, like, rock Boston world. Like, in in a lot of those bands exist, like the post-Sand Black Church stuff. My first show. State yeah so they and like i just couldn't get and like only living witness like i love when he sings on that converge album but yeah. like i just couldn't get i was just like this is just it sounds like radio rock to me like it just doesn't sound like i'm not hearing the hardcore enough in it
1: where um, you d- were was when you were in boston so you're still doing the band and th- were you doing orchids
2: yet so in, in, in boston i was doing uh we carried over all i ask so it's like our first year we were still just like going home and playing shows, but we were so spread out. Our bass player was in Rochester. Um, uh, And then Orchid, I didn't join Orchid until my last year at college. Uh, Like in college, like I, you know, I I had some like other bands, like I did this like kind of screamy band these last days. And we just like had a demo or whatever. Uh, But then Jay started Orchid because he was at Hampshire uh, with Will um, and then, yeah, they started that, and I was certainly jealous at the time. Like, I was just really? like, man, they're in a good band. It's like, you know, I thought our band was okay. Like, But then they would be like, maybe I'm lying to myself. They're in a good band. And I definitely was like, I think Orchid's already starting to do the things that I want to do. Like, I'm a baby. Uh, is basically what it is. I yeah. was just being a child. But then uh, uh, their bass player at the time, Brad, uh, had to take some time off uh, uh, from school, I think. And so I jay we were home i remember um i don't remember if jay had dropped out of school at that point yet or not but uh i was home we were just like and i remember distinctly we were maybe i'm i say distinctly i'm probably remembering this wrong but we were in jay's hot tub <laughs> like because his parents <laughs> had a hot tub so we would just go to the hot tub because it's like we're home why the fuck wouldn't we be in a hot tub yeah and i remember he was like he was kind of like would you want to do the bass playing an orchid because i always played bass and i started playing in these ba- and like uh and I was like, yeah, I guess I could work that out. And then I was like, I'll give it a whirl. But as soon as I joined, you know, I joined right when I basically like joined the band, which meant I was in Boston, but I'd have to drive to Hampshire. which is wow. About an hour and a half, two hours. Uh, I'd set up my classes from Tuesday to Thursday um, so I could leave on long weekends. And as the, like, it's like the minute I joined, Jay was like, great, you need to join because we are going into the studio in like a month. Uh, with with Kirpaloo, because uh, we have to record the 10 inch, the split, which the skull shaped split with Jerome Stream, and the split with Red Scare. And he's like, and you got to wow. learn all of our songs too. Wow. And I was like, okay. And they had most of the songs like started to be written. Like, and you know, in in Orchid, like, you know, Will was the main songwriter. Like, he wrote like almost all the rest. He a lot of times would just be like, here it is. This is what it is. Um, only, I think, when I kind of came, it's not like ever like i was like here's a song like or rip but really it would just be like kind of adding on and we're like maybe we can extend this um but so yeah i kind of joined in and was like all right i have to learn a billion songs um and also i remember learned learned them on my own and then will was like no you're playing them wrong and i was like okay great because he's like we're tuned down half <laughs> oh, a step i was no. like okay never mind i worked <laughs> for no reason um uh but yeah and then so once I was in Orchid it was just like that was that was my first real touring like you know it was always local shows with Connecticut bands with switch dance and all that we would play western mass uh we would play shows like you know on the border uh we would go up to Pearl Street in Northampton yep. Um uh, and, like, play there. We played with Drowning Man uh, at this, like, the original, what's now the New England Metal and Hardcore Fest. Yes. They had, like, the Loud Fest, uh, which I think the same day, actually, we played with Bloodlight and Dead Guy, and I was like, this is the best show ever. That's ever it, right? Because um, those are, I still think, like, you know, going back quickly to the Victory stuff, like, I like to re-listen because, like, I still think, like, the Earth Christ record stands up. And, like, it's recorded by the same guy who did the Believer record. It sounds like a metal record. Like, Snapcase does not hold up for me at all. Really? Strife, I never want to listen to, but I appreciate it. Dead Guy and Bloodlet, I find new things in it. I'm legitimately, like, I'm like, if this came out now, this would be... It would totally be fine. It would be great. It would be a mind-blowing record. Like, there are things on the Dead Guy fixation on a coworker and screen with the Dead Guy quintet that I'll be like, I would still want to rip this off. Like you know, and that's you know that was also my entry point into Rorschach and human remains and all the New Jersey fucking hardcore along those lines and early Dillinger like stuff. Uh,
1: that uh, like I love that moment mm-hmm. because it like I lo- I felt the same. Way. I was like hardcore got smart. Yeah, like it wasn't here comes the breakdown. Right, and that's when I started. Like I love this era and right. that you know that term screamo or mm-hmm. math math right. core. What when you guys? I mean, you guys are. Con, Orchid was considered one of those sort of ones yeah. that took it to this other level. Scrams, yeah, scrams. <laughs>
2: this weird bullshit term like that emo violence, came up with. which
1: I don't even remember yeah. that term then.
2: Yeah, and which I think was just a joke term from Inhumanity, uh, which were a band like from like South Carolina uh, that my drum our drummer of Orchid was friends with.
1: Why um, did that? Ha- well, you were. I mean, I was outside, mm-hmm. so I was just as a fan buying the records or seeing Frail, seeing Policy of Three, right? You know, whatever. But inside, was was there was there knowledge of like, wow, we're all kind of doing the same thing? Was it or was it you just happened to show up at a show and that band sounded like you guys? or I had the it, same sentiment. Yeah,
2: I think it was just like because uh, it was important in a lot of ways. It was happens like I think it was just it was like. All of the kind of same... You know, partly partly in that the Western Mass were... Like, a lot of the bands were shared members. So there's always that. But I think also it's just, like, a lot of the same records came out. That, like, people are like, oh, this is changing everything. Um, uh, I mean, I always say... Like, for me, and I think uh, everyone else in Orchid, especially Will, would say... I mean, the main crux of at least the heart... Like, when I joined Orchid, especially, was in my mind was a mashup of what was happening in Ottawa, Canada and what was happening in Bremen, Germany. Like what were those were... two things? So in Bremen was this label per uh, who, you know, it was this, it was mainly this band, sistral, uh, sistral, uh, and they had this 10 inch that was just like the heaviest thing ever. But it was just like this group of these, these uh, uh, same guys, they all were in the kind of the same bands who uh, in Bremen and, and on this label at this time were putting out these records that were like really heavy, but had these really messed up kind of melodic parts underneath, but were just so brutal. Like, and, and so there was an intensity in the Sistral record. And then other bands along those lines of, like, uh, Acme was just, like, a big one for me, too. Uh, and then there you could, like, we went, I went deep of, like, oh, I love this band Lindsay. And this band April had one seven-inch that was really good. Levin's Reform. But then for a bigger one, I think that people noticed more was the Canadian stuff. And so the Canadian stuff was everything on Great American Stake Religion. But was especially uh, 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 was especially Union of Uranus and yes. One-Eyed God Prophecy. Like, One-Eyed God Prophecy. I don't... I'd still think in maybe in Orca, like not everyone loved for some reason them as much, but like the one one I got, prophecy record is still like top five records of all time for me. Like I listen to it and it's like recorded terribly, uh, but it's the, that everything. There's something in, that, in it. There's an epicness of octave chords. So in my mind it was like, oh, okay. So fast octave chords that are kind of melodic, but sad and epic, but not in a post way and not in a post rock way. Uh, in this different hard fast way that's where that stuff came from to me for orkin and still in how i play guitar the brutal stuff like came from bremen a lot like and then there would be random stuff like for some reason me and will like disembodied a lot like there was just that one disembodied record diabler i remember me and will went out of our way to go watch them (laughs) and we were just like man these guys are weird like Jenkos. Jenko bands. Like. Yeah. Uh but there was just something in that song. But like for me, it was those two bands. And then also, I mean, Will came from the power violence world. Uh like he went on tour with Spaz. Like he was in this band Laceration. Like he, you know, and he put out those bands on Clean Plate. Like, I mean, everything also that was the other huge part that I probably should recognize more when I talk about, but it's just like power violence is still the best. Like it was just like, you know, I still I, I love Man's the Bastard I love you know uh, Spaz I listen to less but I still like them a lot I love Newth Crush like I loved the sludge stuff I love the you know the straight up power violence stuff and that whole world was just like oh this is also politically where we're kind of
1: mm-hmm. at too which was because that's stuff. yeah you guys had that as well yeah but I think that was it. it's just like at, at
2: least for me at BU I found the right hardcore kids like you know but also all the hardcore kids hung out like you know like one of our good friends Derek was like a straight up like New Jersey Like, you know, uh, like tour with Enton, dude. And he also played like on the football team. But then our other brother, our other friend Luke, our brother in hardcore, uh, he was (laughs) the drummer in my high school band, like, or in my uh, college band. Like, he was in, he was super propaganda guy, like, super into pop punk stuff. Uh, uh, And then my friend Kevin was just like kind of an indie kid who also started to realize, like, oh, Mineral's the band I like a lot. Like, I only listened to The Grifters before when I was in high school. Um, So it was this weird, like, I think that was it too was like getting for me it was and i think that's what happened with a lot of people it's college happens college or life people got out of their bubble of just like all right every weekend i'm Literally every weekend in Connecticut, I'm seeing Hapri hey with 25 to Life and then the same five bands. We got Fast Break, Tenfold, Ground Zero, Some of All Fears, and Switch Stance.
1: I love Some of All Fears.
2: Some of All Fears was a great band. <laughs> They're like one of the bands of Connecticut. Where I'm like, we should remember them. But then also where they like Drowning Room from yeah. uh, Poughkeepsie or whatever would come down. And we were like, we were tight with them and like Dissolve would always play. And Dissolve, Seven Inch, is still one of the best Seven Inches to me. Uh, but so, But it was also like, you know you 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 were playing that style of music and then all of a sudden i was like oh there's other types of music and you start to you know i think you get older and you either get out of it or you also ideally like start to be like i also really like yes yeah genesis is in my favorite bands of all time like (laughs) like prog rock is the best thing ever like i love this just as much uh i mean metal was always a huge i mean i'm metal head. Like I mean metal is always where my heart really what heart like I, I was, was a metal director in college. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Like metal's the best. Like I was you know, metal's most of my days. Um uh and so metal was always in there as well. But still there was like a breakup between metal and hardcore in certain times. But then you start to read like you know, I just saw Entombed on Friday and I, I was just reminded I was just like, oh right, that's a hate breed riff. Yeah. Like, there's a straight up riff from Stranger Aeons <laughs> that is on clandestine that is just like like, oh and that's from the demo like I know that's riff like it always drew drove me nuts um so yeah I just think it was kind of a perfect because weirdly like at least for me and it's always been this way with every band I've possibly been in uh i i liked the bands we played with but it wasn't my it wasn't what I was listening to in some ways like it's like all the bands we like I think all the bands orchid got lumped in with like most of them are awesome dudes and I like parts of their stuff but like I just didn't listen to most of it
1: well that's what I kind of see like you're the the term emo or the that all those terms you guys were lumped in it what were you thinking at the time because everyone I've ever interviewed has tried to run away from the word Uh, other than the mid 2000s I mean I guess like Did you guys, were you aware of the term? It didn't come up,
2: no. Like, it didn't come up. I never thought of it as in relation to us. Like, the idea of Screamo sometimes would show up. But, like... So, with Screamo... But most of the time, like, we were playing hardcore shows. Like, I was just like, oh, no, we're playing with these bands. Like, it's not anything, like... It was never, like... I never saw, like, Screamo show or
1: advertises that. Well, that's Uh, the interesting part. I had Jim Jim Atkins on, and mm -hmm. he talked about loving Screamo and all those bands. Right. When he says it, it's... Obviously, he's a couple, you know, a couple years older than us. Right. You know we're we're the same age, but then it turned into this thing yeah. that means something else. So if I say that word, right, a kid pops in his head, you know, something completely different,
2: right? And which I guess is why the weird term of scrams came up, like yes. you know, some fake made up term, which then you makes you realize like oh, all these labels are these made up jokes you're like they're bullshit.
1: Because you guys were, I mean, late nineties, you know, internet was just getting rolling here Mm -hmm. you know I had it in the dorm room one computer you start kind of hardly
2: knew how to sign into my email if I wasn't I checked it one day I check
1: it once a day yeah and these but it started to accelerate yeah I think your your band sort of was pre all of this you know you were back and forth maybe maybe the one band member had an email yep yeah. And then 2000, 2000, you sort of, it was like, bang, all yeah. these things started happening. And then you kind of ended right when right. emo term or that sort of took off. You were right. sort of, you saw it before and after. Yeah. What And were then decided th- to grab onto
2: being in Panthers and we're just yeah. like, now we have to deal what, with the Brooklyn world. It's like, it's just which like, I oh, have a question about. Right. Okay. I, but we'll, that's, that's <laughs> the, that's exactly, it's yeah.
1: interesting how your band sort of was before it was before during and then saw it right and then it happened again right but for orchid did you guys have any semblance of what is going on around us these bands are saying that they're this what were you no honestly at the time like as a fan i was like god damn it
2: right like, <laughs> yeah no i mean at the time like i was just like we played shitty shows like i mean most of the shows were garbage like some were great like, and, and not the, they, a lot of them were great. Like, was it like it was the next like,
1: generation figured it out. Like, they figured out how to market it. Is that I, yes, what it was? Yes,
2: definitely. I mean, and market it by basically not doing what we did, I guess. Like, it's because I'll hear it and I'll just be like, well, how is that connected to anything like and then there'll be things like you know Silverstein or whatever did that cover of yeah. Destination Blood and I was like that's awesome but I also weirdly am, I'll listen to it and will be like they're playing it wrong like <laughs> like there's one like there's one part where I'm just like they've cut out like two of the notes like <laughs> it's a faster thing like but so that's my deal but uh yeah no I I mean I you
1: guys I, were in it
2: I don't see the connection I guess I'll listen to when people say the term now I'm just like it's 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 so hard to explain like cuz even I guess, like, even, like, I was just, like, I, f- I felt like we were more grind than the bands we were lumped in at the time yeah. anyways. I always thought we were kind of somewhat heavier. Uh, and our, I also honestly felt like our, a lot of times, I was just, like, like one of the reasons I like being in Orca is I thought our songs made sense. Like, it wasn't just, like, a riff salad at, yeah. at times, or at least I, as a bass player who had very little say, I would try to make it a little less riff salad. Um, uh, but, yeah, I at the time, no. I mean, at the time, it didn't what was my concern my concern was also like i was in college like i needed yeah. to graduate uh i needed to not have my dad be fucking pissed that i took off a week uh into my f- my winter semester to do my two- first two week tour ever uh, where I also like couldn't take an independent film class I really wanted to take it as a film major because the guy just wouldn't let me because I was going to miss the first class and he was just like no he's wow. like you're screwed every other professor was great so fuck that guy but um <laughs> yeah no at the time and then yeah I was in college I was honestly more concerned with just like. Trying to get a girlfriend. Yeah. Like, and not trying to get laid. Like, fuck rock and roll. Like, I just wanted to find a girlfriend. Like, you know, have a relationship that worked. Uh, Figure out my life. I was having enough, like...
1: I just wasn't concerned. Like, I was just like,
2: where am I going next year? Like, So, it wasn't
1: like the outside seeing that these trends were taking other paths
2: i mean i also i joined a moving train yeah like you know i joined right when we were recording three records and then we had a tour set up and then all and a lot of it would just be like will be and like we're gonna go to europe like can you do that and i'm like okay like i'll make my life work yeah uh you know i again i scheduled classes around it i just made it work and so like i think more it was how do i make all the pieces move together Uh, and at the same time being excited because I was just playing – I was playing in a band that people cared, at least most of the time. Like, you know, not all the time, but, like, years of the Connecticut bands, I always felt like I think we're on because they want to borrow our equipment (laughs) or we're playing the show because they like our Inside Out cover, not the band. We just can't seem to get it together because I never cared about scene stuff, and so that would always – kind of like i was like does that bite us in the ass or not i don't know there's like political stuff yeah to is do. it like and you know like is jamie pissed because we didn't pass out those flyers he sent from europe yeah. or something or you know and then you'd find out these things later and i was like man everyone's a baby like everyone's a child it's you like, were
1: figuring out you're a kid yeah
2: and at the same time like trying to not get you know connecticut's just like there's a bunch of thugs and people getting beat up and you know guns being pulled and stuff and so yeah I uh, that's really what it like at the time no I was just and, and so the same with Panthers the same yeah. with like when we graduated like we did like I think living in both of those made me realize like oh right the, the idea of this Seattle grunge scene didn't exist. Like, it was just a scene. It just happened at the time. It's just like, you know, even why people liked Orchid at the time and still like us, which is great, it was just a perfect uh, moment in time for the fans as well. It was just like, oh, I want to hear this type of music with Jay talking about these types of politics, which is also why I think, like, I do think, not that we were great, but I, you know, Panthers got torn apart on our first record, especially, and people never really glommed onto us completely, and I'd still stand I'm just like, it's good stuff relax everyone's just music, but I
1: think it, a lot of it was just like you're not doing the thing that you were doing and that I moved to New York in two thousand right you know oh one i I worked at got it by voices record for work and the strokes opened right and you know seeing that being like uh all right there's gonna be a lot more people I think coming by yeah yeah and if you didn't sound like that, a friend actually made a Spotify playlist of like all those bands that didn't make it. Right. But there was, I mean, it was, you could, you could throw a rock and hit a band that sounded and looked like that. There are like that. Loads, man. Like, in, like, like and in, it got so derivative.
2: Yeah. And that was the thing. I think and like. And if you
1: didn't sound like that.
2: Right. See you later. And we didn't. Like,
1: you know, I think like. I are like, I mean, I, saw, I thought a little bit at the drive-in, mm-hmm. international noise conspiracy.
2: And that's what we got lumped. Yeah. And like for us, it was just like, I don't know. We were. Like, and at that honestly, time, that wasn't cool. Yeah. That uh, yeah, I agree, and 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 I also was just like I being in, I mean, you know, being in Panthers, I never like I was just like, oh, we're almost the band I kind of want us to be, yeah. just because I think Panthers more so than Orchid was uh five guys all with five completely different ideas about how the world should work <laughs> and how music should be played uh trying how were those practices uh, amazingly we got through a lot of them. like i mean i'm i'm amazed panthers existed for 6 years like i'm just amazed like you know uh how were those, pra- those practices were full of passive aggressiveness uh and constant snide comments cuz it was also uh a band with like A lot of jerks, uh, but also two of them who were, like, just starting to be like, I'm also going to try to do comedy. And we were actors before. So it's like, you know, like, now I'm going to find a way to hone being an asshole. Uh, (laughs) In my snide comments about, like, finding some way to tear you apart that I don't like the riff you came up with or (laughs) stop playing that disco drum beat or something. Uh, But that was the other thing. It was just like we would be in those, like, Brooklyn articles like a couple of that but I'd be like, I just don't, I don't feel like part of the world completely. I don't think we sound like them. I think we weren't heavy enough for the heavy people. We weren't rock enough for that. Like in we, cause we didn't decide like, you know, and we, every record we would make a fucking left turn. Like all of a sudden things are strange. We we're like, let's I think something else. I think all of a sudden, honestly, at least for me, I saw Pink Floyd's live at Pompeii for the first time. And I was just like, let's do long songs. Let's do that. Like, and even though we're not, as competent, (laughs) like in like i just we weren't we were waiting for everyone else to kind of pull out the right riff uh and i'm still happy again happy with every record but like uh i think it was just a band more orchid was more of a like we had a unified this is what we are even though our last record like it definitely like started to bring in even more different influences um i think orchid had more of a cohesive vision so then yeah all of a sudden we were again in another world and why did panthers happen because we all graduated at the same time (laughs) like kip from the red scare who we were on tour with moved to brooklyn at the same time as we did because jay had already moved here because he had dropped out and then our drummer was moving here with his now wife to go to grad school and, and you so,
1: came down here for. And
2: I came here because I had graduated and I was like, well, I'm a film major. I got to go to. And I don't really want to do film exactly. I'm not sure what I want to do. Might as well follow Jay. Yeah. Like, honestly, I was like, I'm going to go to New York. He's got a loft he already lives in in Dumbo before Dumbo was crazy. Uh, was crazy just in a different crazy. way. Yeah. Um, and so I just, we just kind of ended up. And then we all ended up living together. So it was like me, Kip, the guitarist, and Jay. And then our, we got another guitarist Justin, who I, I realized – we realized later that Justin thought he was joining Orchid when he got asked to join Panthers. Oh, and the show was like, all right, whatever, because <laughs> um, Justin's <laughs> the best like that, because he's a crazy man. Um, but, yeah, we – and I think, you know, we were just here and i think that happened with a lot a lot of bands just graduated like the black dice dudes graduated from art school and came to brooklyn like you know we knew them from playing providence before that uh and so i think it was just a time ta- like it's just these cycles happen and we just happened to hit in that cycle and then there was the strokes and then the yeah yes yeah, and then boom yeah uh, and that led to a lot of like you know that let we did this terrible two-week tour in england uh partly because of that they were like oh let's bring a brooklyn band over and then give them the worst tour that's ever existed wow um, what tour was that we just did we legitimately like this guy from the agency who was kind of booking the yeah, yeah, yeah is, like asked us, but he like didn't exactly sign us to book but was like i can get you two weeks in england which is one of those things where after everyone was like no one ever does two weeks here you do two to three days tops and we're like, oops, let's play every little Hamburg in, in a yeah. uh, little town, a village in England. Uh, and yeah, it was just a disaster. It was just one of the, it's like a tour that I could tell billions of stories and, and kind of writing something about maybe. But uh, <laughs> but because it was just like, it was no money, no, no one cared, like a driver who we had to fire, like multiple oh accidents broken into. Uh, and we shouldn't have been there. It's just we just shouldn't have no. We didn't have any records out. Like it was just wow. a disaster all around, um, because where's this kind of the Brooklyn scene I'm gonna and, going to
1: continue? I guess I had forgotten about it because I was so focused on either I was at hardcore labels mm-hmm. or I was in. The, but that was a, that was insane. Like yeah. the, instantly, it almost felt like instant rent went up. There was a band. Everyone looked alike. Right. I mean, it just got so homogenized. Yeah. And it was hard
2: too because we were coming from like at least for me like you know the orchid dudes we were coming and red scare we're coming from a basement diy world and we're on ebullition i still ebullition still the best label i've ever been on like can
1: you talk about that label i think a lot mm -hmm. of people don't remember them or at least i mean if i will put links up on the podcast for everybody but i just the what they had put out the the diy mentality of it where it came from everything was just like spot on
2: yeah i mean ebullition is kent and lisa like i mean you know and 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 it came out of heart attack and it was just this scene that like yeah it's it was the it was the label i wanted to be on then i was like oh orchid's on ebullition more for me to be envious of and then i joined i was like great now i'm on ebullition uh yeah i don't know like really it was just like kent's just uh, kent and lisa are just great people like it's really what it, there's not much to say like it's just like they, you know, they're it's very worth pumped. going through the discography. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff in and hidden gems in there. There's also some stuff that's just like not the best, but it's like that's every label. That, yeah. Um. But like, I think like it was just such like for me, it was like it was this really ethical label. Uh. Uh. It, it felt like it. It had all the right politics and the right music. Um uh, and, like, when I met them, at least, I was like, okay, great, they're also just the best. Like, they're just these nice... People are just like, yeah, I'll put a record out. Okay, like, it's just this relaxed attitude towards putting out records, but not in a lazy way. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I mean, really, it, I don't know if I'm explaining Ebullition that well, but... Uh, Tell
1: people to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, listen to stuff on <laughs> Ebullition.
2: Uh, they're just... They were just a great... They are still a great label, and, again, I just think, like, we're the most straightforward label i've ever been on uh where you know like because it's you know as you keep going you're just like how are some of the punk labels equally shitty like just like in their dealings like they're because they're just most people are crappy that's why like because most people just don't have their shit together um uh and then we ended up on vice anyway so it was just like you know a completely different world um uh, but, yeah, I think Ebullition is the best.
1: But then the – I guess the going back to the Panthers stuff in yep. that time period and the – you know, if it's the 2000s, did you see any light at the end of the tunnel? Was it just like this is getting weirder and weirder every year? Felt weirder and weirder every year for me. Like because, again,
2: I was like – you know, as, as time went on, I, I was starting to also just be like, well, I, I'm – I don't feel part of the hardcore scene as much anymore. Because, like, we try. Like, we played ABC at the beginning. uh, At ABC No Rio. And it just didn't feel... It was just like, people don't want us here. And a lot of that might have been in our heads. But it just didn't feel... Interesting. Like, it just didn't feel... I was just like, again... waiting for Orchid? Yeah. I think that was it. And I was just like, oh, these guys... And I do, like... We had one press release for our first record that mentioned The Stooges and MC5, and I still think about that because I remember the guy who wrote it was just like, No one ever looks at these things. And then I was like, Everyone looks at all they that's do. That's how they write. Yeah, most reporters are lazy, so they just pull it out. Yeah. So then constantly was MC5 oh, and Stooges. No. And I was just like, I like The Stooges enough, and MC5 I don't think is that great of a band. I think, you know, Kick Out the Jams is a good song, but I generally don't care. Again, I'm mostly listening to, you know, sleep. Like, honestly, like I'm like really like you know listen to Dope Smoker and Rainbow, yeah, uh, uh, and then Genesis and Magma, like you know, like uh, and then Hardcore still, um, and so yeah, like I I think as it kept going, I was like, oh, I'm I'm I don't know how the rest of the, I can't speak for the rest of the band, but like I was just like I'm still straight edge, I still vegetarian, <laughs> like I don't like parties, I don't like scenes, I don't like. <laughs> Most of the people here, like in general, I was also stressing out a lot because it's like now I have graduated and what the fuck am I doing with my life? Like, I don't know. I'm not exactly using my label. I don't want to stop playing music. I don't know. I You know, the thing with Panthers is like it always felt like there was something where it was just like, all right, well, we'll keep going for that. Like there was always like a little carrot dangling and then you started to see the Brooklyn thing you do have that bid which is like maybe I can do this maybe I can live off of being in a band for and just do that and you can't it's just <laughs> almost no. an impossible um uh and so it, for me it was a lot where I was just like why are we playing another weird vice party <laughs> like you know that's like paying a lot of money which is great because it funds all the other shows that no one's going to and the records people aren't buying uh uh and I do want to reiterate, like, this, I do think, like, this is not a matter of, like, bitterness this is just the truth of That's being in That's what was happening
1: at the time for music. Yeah. Every week I felt the number one record was selling less. Right. And that was at the top 40. Think right. of the smaller bands.
2: Yeah. And so there was that, too. It was just the beginning of just, like, records selling less anyways. Like, it's, like, you know, it, it's, it, we were so far removed from the days where, like, Three Dog Night could, like, live and sell a billion records like we are way way beyond that now um and so yeah like i just i i I was just feeling less and less part of the world i was in but more a part of it like i didn't know i think it was a big time of like it was like six years at least for me of not knowing which way to go wow and every member of the band to some extent it was just like you know our drummer was in grad school and like was starting a family and then like everyone's like trying to like decide like do I do a career or do I focus on music as a, can we do this? And like, you know, you don't want to turn down things, but. I
1: think you had a good
2: run. Yeah. I, mean, I did, to, In that
1: time period to have that many records and. I, I, I think ha- so. Have a record on Dim Mac. Uh
2: I mean, it was hard to get, again, like it was, it was, I think that was one of those like coming off of Orchid where generally our fans liked us. And then to get a lot of like. You know, it's still, it's a, it's, there's reasons I'm in therapy. There are many reasons, but like, you know, <laughs> there's some extent I need to get over. And, but that first Pitchfork review of the Panthers record was like a oh. point zero four or something or a zero point 0.4. Uh, and it's, that's, it, it, that's one of those things where I was like, oh, I just remember, because I think for a lot of us, that was wow. the beginning of just like, this is going to be a long slog. This is not going to be as like kind of calm and fun as we thought it was going to be.
1: And 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 all that. Not as opening. I mean, I feel like the hardcore scene. Yes, a band's not good. You don't listen to them. You don't watch them. But you don't do the. I don't think that would have happened. Yeah, and 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 and
2: and and yeah. I I think like you know. That being said, there are a lot of judgmental people. Everyone's judgmental. I
1: guess I'm saying like the there's at least like there's one place, and if they shit on it, you're done. It's not like the crappy guy at the club hates you it was it
2: was the beginning of it for me it was a part of the beginning of the culture we live in now anyways which is like you know like there's a great article that harris whittles uh uh who passed away the comedy writer his his sister wrote about the end of empathy and i was like oh this is great it kind of fills in the idea of just like you know there's an because we all now live behind a screen and this is like almost like somewhat trite to talk about because in some ways we all know this but we're also not changing it like we just live in a world where it's just like everyone lives behind this faceless screen where it's just like now i'm just gonna be weirdly the meanest person you've ever met and and it's hard like i think it was just like it gave this license like you know for me too it was that combined with like so there was this punk message board that I used to watch, read a lot at work when I'd be temping. Uh, and I always was a lurker. I, I It was it ended up being like board.crucial.org. It ends up still exists probably. Most of my friends were on it. Like I knew their weird names. Yeah, uh, And it was also a great place to get records. There would be just like, here is the 70s proto-metal thread. And that's when people realized about Mediafire. And I was like, great get a billion records that uh, I want to hear because I'm a pack rat when it comes to music. But I just remember, like, you know, it was the end of Panthers, but this is the vibe of it. It was message board culture at the beginning, which was almost like, in a lot of ways to me, was like the continuation of fest culture, where it was just like, here's a fest, but we're going to have more workshops where we're just yelling at people versus trying to actually make changes. Uh, and I just remember we got broken into on our last tour uh in montreal and like again this was at the end of the six years of panthers but the that message board was just like good they fucking deserve it like fuck them like all these random people and then like our and our guitarist who was filling in at the time was like a member of that board and he was just like dudes come on like my guitar got stolen but i was like man there's just this vitro that i don't believe anyone has i think that's the other hard part is we all live in this world now where it's just like you have to match everyone else's, so you up the ante and so that's why we're constantly bombarded with like garbage clickbait headlines that are just like you're not gonna believe this thing or like you're gonna be shocked when you see that and i'm just like no i'm never i'm never shocked i am never blown away we live in new york yeah like <laughs> r- I relax like you know and i do comedy in the basement of like a gristides where it's like constantly <laughs> the filthiest stuff like i don't care yeah uh but like i think that gives such license like you know Again, it's almost at a point where it's like, do we need to talk about but yeah, I think we do. Like I think like the the troll culture and like all that yeah. world, like it does exist and it's a bummer. Especially when you get older and you're like, oh, I kind of want to try to be a good person. Like go back to how I was when I was a hardcore kid. Yeah. <laughs> a bit more. But yeah, I, I just think there was there was just such a like vitriol about us, like uh and Panthers that like I didn't get. And I think I also was not in a good headspace that I could see it. Uh, as just like, oh, that person's just having a bad day or something. Yeah. Um, but because, you know, it was, a, it was a good run. That's the other part, too. And all this I do want to say, like, I feel pretty good. It's hard to complain about a lot of this stuff because, I'm, you know, you'll talk to someone and be like, yeah, I've never put out a record. or I know. It and wasn't
1: like, like a one and done thing. It yeah. was a a long time.
2: Yeah. Uh, and it's great. I mean, at the end of the day, I toured with High and Fire at the end for – five weeks they were one of my favorite bands like i was just like this is the best this is what i wanted that being said i think i still say that speaks to the idea of tour in that uh we came back and that's the only time my now wife had to pay our rent like it's just like i always was able to scrape by even in new york after doing the tour i wanted all of my life (laughs) of like if panthers we were in the red we had no money like because it costs a fucking buttload to open for bands uh, you don't get paid a lot. You got to no. go on insane long drives. The gas was really expensive at that time. No one's buying our merch because everyone buys the headliners. Yeah, yeah. You're only getting 200 bucks a night, which is great if you're just playing
1: a local show, but uh, it's a long slog. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get to doing what you do now? You what what is your what is your gig now? And how did it kind of?
2: Well, currently, I uh, I I make most of my living off of teaching sketch writing, uh, sketch comedy at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Um, uh, I mean, in uh, I always music and comedy were always my two main things in life. Well, you mentioned before you love Weird Al, yeah. Like when that is, was, the, that's, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that was the merging, like that was the starting point. And yet, after that, I've never really loved bands who play funny music. <laughs> uh, it's just he's the one who gets by, just like for a lot of us. But in high school, uh, I kind of started doing acting stuff. Uh, me and the singer of Orchid again, um, and like we both went to this acting camp, like or this acting camp one summer, and then also led into like our last year of high school. We were wow. at this acting school uh, in New Haven, Connecticut um and at one point i was like i'll go to college for acting i don't know why but i never considered comedy and like you know in college i didn't because i was a hardcore kid i was at hardcore shows there were you know people who i'm now friends with at the theater who were doing stuff then and i was like nah, i'm not going i'll go see dave Chappelle, maybe yeah uh not even dave Chappelle, tommy davidson um but um and then uh you know i graduated college and was here wasn't really doing film stuff. Uh, just didn't care. Like, I realized, like, why did I get a film major? Like, I want to make stuff. I want to be creative, but I don't want to work on sets. Uh, I don't – I like editing enough, but I don't want to devote my time. Because also, I would always get temp jobs because we'd be on tour.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, Eventually – so, uh, long story short, how I ended up here finally. uh, I ended up at UCB. Uh, because after 9-11, I went to a show like a couple weeks after with my drummer uh, and his now wife. Uh, and I saw this team, The Swarm, uh, do improv at our old theater at the 22nd Theater. And I was like, this is great. Like, why am I not doing comedy stuff? Red. I still didn't take a class for a long time until finally me and Jay together decided to take classes. This was back in 2003. Took three levels of improv class. Did terrible at it. It wasn't sure if I really even liked improv that much. I always loved sketch. I always loved, you know, growing up. It was just like SCTV, Kids in the Hall, SNL. My Saturday nights, most of the time, if we weren't going to shows, were flicking back and forth between SNL and Headbangers Ball. Um, that's, I, uh, that's awesome. I was doing idiot. the same thing. It's just that's exact, <laughs> and it's still the same. Like it's when Headbangers Ball came back, I was just like realized I was like sitting on the couch with my wife, and I was like, I am the same <laughs> as when I was sixteen. Uh, and then we put out Things Are Strange, and. Uh, Uh, it's only recently that I realized it wasn't an excuse. I just couldn't really take classes anymore. Um, uh, I probably was at, I do think I was at the point where I probably would have ended up on a house team or something, but, uh, I could never find eight weeks because we're always on tour. And then eventually my wife, uh, my now wife bought me a gift certificate. To get a sketch class because she was just like, I'm you're I'm tired of you talking about this. I just would keep talking about it. And they had finally started sketch class, and that's always what I want to do. So I took a sketch class and then I just kind of kept taking classes. Like as much as I could, took classes here, um, uh, and then as soon as I was done with every sketch class I could take, I was just like, What do I do now to my teacher? Uh, And he's like, we're starting these things called mod teams. And mod teams are the house sketch teams at the theater. Uh, We're starting these teams. You should apply. So I applied and I got on. Right. And then I was on a mod team for five and a half years here. And then slowly, you know, that leads to like a lot of things that used to be like, you know, eventually I directed a couple shows. uh, And then uh, ended up being a teacher, like subbed for like a year and then eventually ended up teaching. And now at this point I've been teaching sketch for four years or something fantastic uh, and yeah I, I and and then I you know put on shows here I've got you know I, I've just it's just one of those things like I just ended up doing that and even like last couple tours of panthers like i would do both like i would you know make it clear because you're not supposed to take a certain amount of time off i would clear it up with the artistic director who i was friends with i think and that helped a little um but would take I, that's why i bought my first laptop because i was like i need to write sketch on the road and i remember like i would uh call in uh to my director and get notes like because i would emailed in when i could find wi-fi mm-hmm. uh i remember sitting With big business, writing a sketch. Like, I remember sitting in (laughs) Houston, (laughs) writing a sketch called Bad Company, Fudge Company that I ended up shooting eventually. But everyone else was partying, and I was just like, need to finish this. Yeah. Uh, And then, yeah, and then once Panthers ended, uh, you know, we still kind of, me and Jake tried to do something a little bit, but I was just like, let me just go for this. Let me just do comedy. Uh, And then, yeah, I've been kind of doing that ever since.
1: That's uh, red.
2: Yeah. Uh and it's it's great. I mean it's 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 basically I mean, I always kind of joke that I've like chosen it was like I went I was gonna be an actor. I went to school for film with a philosophy minor, ended up becoming a musician and then a comedian. Like I've chosen every path to just be like, I'm thirty seven. What am I doing with yeah. my life? But I've enjoyed it so far. Like yeah, I've enjoyed my life. Uh uh, but yeah, that's kind of how I ended up here.
1: Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, yeah. And then the so any uh, favorite stuff that you've done recently, or things people should check out, or even f- favorite comedians that. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, for my stuff because I gotta promote, man. That's for myself, what I'm saying. hit it. Uh, yeah, I guess um, go to IFC Comedy Crib. Uh, I have a web series on the IFC Comedy Crib called John and Jeff Are Married. Uh, that's just about me and my friend John being married dudes. Uh, and not being able to get the world. Uh, I think uh, Worst Gig Ever podcast. I did this podcast with my buddy Mike Pace, who was in the band Oxford Collapse, uh, for 100 episodes or so. Uh, we've got great people on there. Uh, we stopped doing it, but Walter from Quicksand is on there. Nice. Freddie from Madball. Uh, Jared from Big Business in the Melvins. Uh, Taylor Negron, who is an amazing actor. Like, a lot of great people on that. Uh, Abby and Alana from Broad City.
1: Oh, right. Um,
2: and then, what else... You know, take a sketch class with me. I got a show coming up at the theater sometime soonish. ish um, What else do I do? Go to my YouTube. Go to my Twitter. <laughs> uh, I got a short on Adult Swim you could watch called The Birth of Captain Murphy. Uh, the hip-hop dude. Uh, I probably have a lot more. That's the hardest part. I'm terrible at promoting myself. <laughs> I do think that's the punk part that has like gotten in the way of comedy. Like, I'm just, like, so, just, like, nah, don't pay attention to uh, me. Don't bother. <laughs> and I just decide to have a mental block of, like, everything I've ever done. Uh, it's the same as if students ask, like, so tell me about your bands. I'm just like, ah, just go find Orchid, maybe. <laughs> Panther's okay. Go to listen to the trick. But I just don't... I weirdly like to keep my world somewhat yeah. separate. Uh, and, and I think that sometimes bites me in the ass. But that's the dumb punkness. Like, sometimes I do think... Punk can get in the way unless you always were lying to yourself. Like uh, when you're a person who has to like promote who you are, because it's so hard. We're bred to not be proud of what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> Thanks a lot, punk. You ruined my life. You're the best. Uh, but yeah, cool. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.